Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to thank you for joining me here as I am also the host at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, today is October the 24th, and it is actually still the month of October, so we're still celebrating Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So for those of you that did or was able to log on to the event that I was a part of on Saturday, which had to do with abundant wellness, I want to first thank you for the time that you took to tune in. I wasn't able to see who was actually logged in or wasn't, but I want to thank you. And I know that pretty soon it is going to be on YouTube, so once I get the information from the individual that is over the My Sister, My Friends, um, organization, once she gives me that information, I will definitely share it with you because there was a lot of information that was provided from some of the doctors that we are not even, well, I say not, many of us have no knowledge of. And that is one of the reasons when we start talking about breast cancer awareness and what is that actually about. Now, a lot of times when we hear just the word cancer, we automatically get scared. We automatically think that it is a death sentence, and I want to say that it's not, because things have changed, and we do have preventive measures, things that we can do, things that we can, um, you know, the things that we're all learning about, including myself, because as I indicated on Facebook, as I put the information out, I myself have had some real close calls when it comes to breast cancer, but I always tell individuals, I have aflax. I ain't worried about it because I have cancer insurance policy that I've had for over 20 years, which I need to give them a call anyway. So after I do the show today, I am definitely going to give them a call because I have some questions for them. Now, when we talk about just the Breast Cancer Awareness Month and what is that about, and like I said, October is considered Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And it is an annual campaign to raise awareness about the impact of breast cancer. And a lot of individuals, we talk about just the impact, we have very limited knowledge. Now, with Breast Cancer Awareness Month, also referred to as the, in the United States as the National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, is an annual international health campaign organized by major breast cancer charity. So a lot of times individuals, they will share some information because what it is, is their goal is basically to get as many people as possible to get involved in raising awareness and to support life-saving research and life-changing support. Because support is necessary. Resources is very, very, very necessary because a lot of times, especially within the African-American communities, many of us don't trust what we hear, and sometimes rightfully so. So this show is not designed to scare anyone, but if you are a part of an organization that is having an event going on this week or before the end of October, please call in at 516-387-1914 and share the information regarding your organization. Or if you are a breast cancer survivor, call in and share your story. Or if you just recently got a diagnosis of breast cancer or you've been told that you have to do a mammogram or a biopsy or whatever the case may be, because that is what happened to me, call in because we have to learn how to support one another. And like many of you know that know me, that grew up in Compton, my mother passed away of breast cancer at the age of 59. I always say, no matter what, I'm a little past 59, so I'm doing my best. But by that same token, you know I'm on the show, right? Are you? Yeah, and you are too. I get on the show. (laughs) Because I answered the phone. (laughs) Why you called me? So now you on the show too. Having nobody else called to be on the show, so now you on the show. I'm going to say thank you. Okay. Well, you're welcome. But I'm talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I'm sharing some information as it relates to breast cancer awareness because a lot of individuals don't know that men can be diagnosed with breast cancer too. Did you know that? Yeah, I know that. 
a lot of men don't believe that. A lot of men thought that it was just a woman's disease and that men was not susceptible to catching it. And those are some of the information that I'm going to be sharing in regards to what fact was some myth, because part of it is the fear. Now I'm going to ask you, especially growing up in L.A., why do you think there's such a stigma and a fear when it comes to just breast cancer or the word cancer? Because African-Americans usually carry that trait throughout their life, and that's the scary. Mm-hmm. And not only is it scary, a lot of times we don't even take care of ourselves. You know, we don't do our regular screenings. We don't do our mammograms. We don't. We don't do, you know, back in the day we were doing pap smears because they were saying do a pap smear. And they say don't do a pap smear because that's more ovarian cancer. But a lot of us, and especially with COVID, many of us have missed and kind of put our on a back burner or regular routine appointment. Now, well, what about men's health? Why do you think a lot of men struggle with taking care of themselves? Well, men, in general, they think they're Superman, so <laughs> a lot of us don't believe in going to doctors until we get sick. Until you get sick. But it, yeah, but if we take preventative measures and have regular checkups, we don't have to worry about getting sick. Mm-hmm. We can prevent anything from happening prior. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you for sharing. So I know you're with someone. I'm not going to hold up your day. I can call you back after I'm done with the show. I should be done by 1 o'clock. But um, thank you for calling. All right. <laughs> thank you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. That's what people get when they call me, when they know I'm on air live. Now, I want to share some information, and this is coming from the um, woman.org, and it talks about more than pink walk in breast cancer forever. Because every time I think about breast cancer, I think of Kevin Hart. And when he was doing a stand-up comedian or doing a stand-up show, and he was sharing how his, I guess, one of his uncles came to him and wanted to know what happened to his mom. And he was like, whoever did this, they're going to pay for it. Whoever did this, they go. And he was trying to explain to him that she had cancer. And a lot of times individuals become so angry because we don't understand the grief process and we don't understand the role that mental health plays when we're talking about any type of illness, whether it's terminal or even just preventive measures. But I want to share some information that it talks about. And like I said, when I was thinking about Kevin Hart with that, it's, it's our ignorance. It's our fear. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And who killed my sister? And who? Cancer. You know, we said to go beat up cancer. You know, I've seen a lot of slogans and campaigns where they put boxing gloves on and, and this is how we're going to fight it, is through research, information, and support. One of the things that they talked about, and I want to say the panel that I sat on was very, very interesting. And I'm going to share because I took notes because one of the doctors just kept saying, exercise, exercise, exercise. Now, I have lupus and I have arthritis, and the last thing I be want to do sometimes is exercise because I just don't be motivated because I'll be in pain. So when we start talking about just exercising, that's one of the main things that they try to tell us, to exercise. And I can truly say, my mother used to walk up and down the parks, El Segundo, go to Centennial. She stayed in shape and still wind up with breast cancer. You know, they say keep your weight in check, which is one of the things that they talk about. Okay. Some individuals' body types are different than others. So they want you to keep your weight in check. They also say be physically active. Now, I do know when you are not active and you sit around, you will pay for it later. That part is true. Eat fruits and vegetables and limit your alcohol. Zero is best. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they want to have a beer, they want to have a cocktail every now and then. And if you are an alcoholic and later get diagnosed with breast cancer, that's a problem. Because I know one of the things with my mother is she did not want to stop drinking. She kept on with her Coke 45 and kept drinking. And I have yet to have known someone, unless their kids, to be diagnosed with cancer or breast cancer that didn't consume alcohol. Also, don't smoke. 
avoid birth control pills, particularly after the age of 85 or 35. If you still remember, I say 85 because I'm reading this. I'm like, Lord, who are we going to be? I'm Sarah from the Bible. Another one is avoid menopausal hormonal therapy. Now, that one is questionable. And the reason being is because when individuals go through menopause, their body goes through a transition anyway. And I'm learning about menopause and arthritis, and some of it is going hand in hand. I'm like, dang, is it arthritis? Is it menopause? What the heck is it? A lot of times we need to do our own research and be our own advocate. Also, they talk about the different types of medication, tamoxifen and relaxifen for women or at high risk. Now, that is just some of the information, so I'm clicking on this link that is talking about with the Susan B. Anthony, and it also talks about different ways that you can prevent it. Now, there's a lot of information out there, but sometimes we don't want to listen. You know, I'm looking at this information, and even though some of the medication is um, it's changing, I want to go to some of the questions that was asked when I was on that panel. And one of the things that they wanted to talk about was the side effects from the medication. Because a lot of individuals, especially depending on your race, some of us have more access to things than others, and that is true, because there is a disparity, diversity, when it comes to our health care system. And they talked about the side effects of medication in regards to the ER positive. They wanted to know in regards to chemotherapy versus having the cancer removed. I was watching the show the other day, or yesterday, and it was about a man, he had cancer in his knee. I was like, in your knee? I mean, it's like, wow, cancer can just be anywhere. So when the man had it removed, there was still a possibility of it coming back. Even so, sometimes we get confused because we want to say, take it out. I've known women that have, that have a family history of cancer, and they had the breast removed even though they didn't even have a diagnosis of breast cancer. But I said, you may get cancer somewhere else. So one of the things, like I said, chemotherapy first versus having it removed. That's a, something, a decision that you and your doctor should discuss, and you should be able to have your doctor talk to you in a way that you understand what your doctor is saying. Also, they talked about breast density. Now, I was told during the panel that in the state of California, your doctor, are they supposed to tell you what your density is? I didn't get that information, and I'm going to share my experience because this year has been real interesting for me. But if you are in California, your breast density is important because it will also tell you the level, whether you're level three or level four, and if you are at risk and how we, the, the, the type of test that they use is also important for us to know in regards to detecting if we have breast cancer in regards to the 3D mammograph. Now, the density score should come with a report. Always read that report. And that is a requirement and also supplemental imagery. One of the things that they were talking about was compromising the patient's health. Don't compromise your health. Don't get to the point to where you're scared and you don't want to go back or you don't want to hear what they got to say. Now I'm going to share what happened to me. Now, when my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, I kept telling my doctors, and I was before 40, I was younger than 40, no, I was before 40, and I kept saying, I need to get a mammogram, I need to get a mammogram. They were like, no, 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 you got to wait till you're 40, you got to wait till you're 40. Now research has proven that women are being diagnosed with breast cancer now before age 40. At that time, they wanted you to wait till at least you were 40 years old. And sure enough, soon as I hit it, boom, now they want to do a, bi a mammogram and then an ultrasound and then a biopsy. I tell people I've had so many biopsies So when I go to the airport now, I'm scared I'm going to be just blinking like I've just got all kind of metal up in my breast. It, just, it really upsets me sometimes. So... Just recently, in February, I had to have a double biopsy. So on my top and my bottom breast. But then they said, come back for a six-month follow-up. I forgot. They called me. 
We need you to come in for a six-month follow-up. Go back for the six-month follow-up in August, and they tell me, now we see something again in the 7 o'clock area. We need you to come in and have another biopsy. I'm like, basically, you have cut on my breast three times in one year. So then I'm like, I'm being obedient. I'm taking pictures. I'm doing all of this stuff making sure I'm documenting everything because I don't want to miss something. Get a call telling me report is negative, good, not a problem. Wait for my letter. I get a letter. The letter says we need to follow up because we need more tests. I'm like, uh, who am I supposed to read? The person that called me or this letter? So I called and I politely explained to them how traumatic that was for me, especially considering that I lost my mother to breast cancer and I have a family history of breast cancer in my family. And now, and this woman tells me that apparently they generate letters that are not always accurate. Hmm, that's a red flag. Because how is a person supposed to know if this is a computer-generated letter or if this letter was actually reviewed. So she promised me that she would look into it, and the very next day she called me and told me the person made a mistake and pressed the wrong button. Now, I'm grateful. You see me reaching over in my little desk. I'm grateful that they did return that letter, because you can tell I got two letters and a phone call. So when they sent me the updated letter, it was basically telling me to, I'm sending you this letter after I have compared your recent study with your previous examination. If you've already received a letter said prior to this compromise, I mean, comparison was made, you should basically regard this present letter as the final report. Really? After y'all go sit here and tell me in this letter? that I needed to come back for um, further mimographic views and or ultrasound. It's like, come on now. This is where we need to do better. This is where we need to gather support. This is where we need to get second opinions. This is where we need to talk to somebody. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. I call my auntie. Uh, master, uh, this is a problem.
and they said what we see, we don't see anymore. I said, so I get to walk out with my titties. <laughs> but that's not all straight. <laughs> so I get to, I get to keep them. I get to keep both titties, you know. So, but the thing is, I make a joke out of things because that is my defense mechanism. That's my defense mechanism. Right. Now, but when I sat on the panel and I had talked about some things, and I want to go over some of these things with you, because the lady with my sister, my friend, she indicated that they wanted to hear more. They wanted me to speak more, but I didn't want to overspeak the doctor. But I right. talked about mental health, because many individuals don't realize that when you get that diagnosis, even before then, when you're talking about anxiety, you know, I was going through, yeah. like, I wasn't really anxious, and I still ain't called after like, but I still got to call Kaiser back because I don't know what to say to them. I'm so mad. But the anxiety <laughs> people go through, the depression that they go through, the grief, and the grief, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the, all the relationship issues, self-esteem, yeah. if a woman is pregnant, whether I should terminate the pregnancy had a baby, what do I do? Because I have a neighbor, Revia. She said her daughter Jojo, um, I think she got diagnosed when she was pregnant, and she decided to put the treatment on hold to have a baby, and she passed away. You know, women, that's the closest we come right. to death anyways during childbirth. So if you got this on right. top of being diagnosed with breast cancer, a lot. Um, the support that people get, the resources, education, the advocacy, advocate for itself and financial because when I got that $5,000 bill, I'm still mad at Kaiser. How you going to just tell me I need to, and you going to send me a $5,000 bill on top? I thought preventive measures was free. I thought that that was included right. in our health care. Hmm? Right. But I right. got a $5,000 bill and another $300-something bill. Now I gotta go get checked. My, I gotta go get my foot checked out, and they schedule my appointment for November the third. I'm concerned about going to get my foot checked out because you might give me another bill, and I and I pay a six hundred and ninety something dollar insurance premium every month. That don't make no sense to me. Something gotta yeah, be done. We pay a lot. Uh, I just had to pay for a doctor visit. My uh, ten five ten years ago, my colonoscopy was. Just copay. This year mm-hmm. they charged me um, thirteen thousand dollars. I got a bill for thirteen thousand dollars. Ten years ago I didn't get a bill. So mm-hmm. and when I had that- breast cancer, right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when I okay, had breast yeah. cancer, and- can you hear me? I can hear you, but you keep going in and out. And when I went in the hospital for that, my they put me in a private room afterwards. My insurance didn't pay for a private room, but my doctors paid for that room mm-hmm. because I I was a I don't want to say an experiment, but mm-hmm. I was like the first person to get my breast removed. And uh, in this hospital, my breast removed and another one put on the reconstructive surgery all in one surgery. Mm-hmm. Normally, you have to come back for the reconstructive surgery. Mm-hmm. But they did it all in one surgery, and since this was their first time doing it, they paid for a private room for me to recover. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I totally, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I'm sorry for keep talking over no. you. I totally okay, agree was... with you mm-hmm. about the um, all the emotional and mental and, you know, everything that goes with that. Uh, the only thing, I did not have any of that, Jeanette. When they told me, I, when the doctors told me I had breast cancer, everybody I told responded like it was them, uh-huh. like they had cancer. It never, it, it ne- I never felt like it was a death sentence to me. That's just the, I never did. I never felt like that. No matter what I was going to have to go through, 
I knew I wasn't going to die from this. I knew it. I don't know if that makes sense to you or what, but I knew I wasn't going to die. Because I get mad. I get mad. Every time I got to go, I get I get mad. I'm like, leave my titty alone. <laughs> I just get mad. Right. I get mad, then I get hungry, then I want to go to the casino. You know, I just be all over the place. I, I just get mad because, but you know, so even when we so stress. What you say? The casino is your stress relief. It is. It, it, it is. And I, I need to go because my body's tripping right by now. But it, it is. But then, uh-uh, wait a minute. I heard. <laughs> Let me stop laughing. Mama finally came to me. And over all these years, I heard Mama's voice. Because last Monday after I did the show and, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with my pain and everything, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the casino. Mama said, don't be using me. That's no excuse to go to the casino. <laughs> I didn't even go to my casino. Yeah. <laughs> I said, ooh. Now, I know I'm not hallucinating, but ooh, <laughs> don't be using me. That's <laughs> no excuse to go to the casino. <laughs> I didn't even want that to happen to be on that road, so I didn't even go. <laughs> Because you know how Baba was about birthdays, celebrating your birthday before your birthday. And you know how she was right, about being right. disobedient. If she told you not to do something, don't do it. So I, I right. could not go. I, I have not been. I have not been. Mama said, don't be using me as an excuse. So, don't be using me as an excuse. I know. I know. And I, I couldn't go. I couldn't go. Hey, Linda, I see you on there if you want to call in. Now, when we start talking about the challenges that patients face, so like I said, I understand, Auntie, but I'm going to ask you, when people started grieving or crying or sad around you, did that, and I know between, like I said, they think I'm unemotional, between you and Tisha sometimes, whoo, boy, oh boy. But how was that for you with people around you? And most people, when they feeling that way, it's because it brings up, it's like a PTSD or a secondary trauma right. or somebody else is right. lost. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> if somebody was like that, I pretty much stayed away because I don't, like you say, I, I don't know what to say to them. You know what I'm, what am I supposed to say? I'm the one with the damn cancer. Why are you falling out in the middle of the street crying? Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know I don't know what to say to people like that. You know what I'm saying? You falling out in the middle of the ground. I'm the one with cancer. I'm the one with the damn cancer. Like they told you. But you know, um, when I told Derek, you know, that was mm-hmm. because I had read about it. I had read up on it, and I had even read with Patty LaBelle, husband, left her, you know, because mm-hmm. I was going through perimenopausal, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was perimenopausal, had breast cancer. I'm like, this man, and he younger than me, too? I'm like, this man going to leave because mm-hmm. that's all they talk about is men leaving when they wives or girlfriend lose a breast. Uh, you know, men find that, you know, they're more vain about it than we are. Yeah. So that's what I, I went to him. I told him what was going on. I told him I was, I told him that when they told me I had it, I told them. They was like, well, these are your options. Go home and think about it. I said, take the breast. I said it mm-hmm. right then and there. Take the breath. I don't want to deal with this. I don't care if I have mm-hmm. to walk around here looking like a man by the chest. I'm not going to let him kill me. So mm-hmm. when I told them that I told them to take the breath, and that's when they told me about the reconstructive surgery and everything, and I'm like, that I'm asking them where they're going to take it, and they say, well, we take it from your stomach. I say, so you telling me that I can walk out of that hospital with a tummy tuck and a new boot? <laughs> Thank you. And, and you know what? It is so because every time I go, I think about you with that. I'm like, oh, I need a tummy tuck. But down low, they're gonna put the tube down my nose and start everything. And I'm like, we, it would be on my tummy now. But you know, it, it, it's interesting because
you know, the different techniques that they use. There's so many different things that they're using right now that we don't even know anything about. And resources Correct. are available. And it's crazy because before your breast cancer, you was the one with the big breast in the family. Then now I'm the one that like I got the big breast in the family. Every time I right. feel my face, I'll be like, oh, my titties just be all in the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quiet. I, I remember when Jean, well, let me stop laughing. I remember when Jean was in the hospital about to do her surgery, and Jean was so scared. She was so scared. And I said, just go on and give him the titty. You see, I said, they like your titties that big anyway. She said, well, I'm, a, I'm right. in my nipple. She said, I don't want to give him my nipple. She said, you give him yours. <laughs> we was arguing in the hospital. Go ahead. 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 Go ah
that even African American she was from Africa. But when I saw that this woman was African American, I was so like, my God, I got somebody in here, and maybe she understands my position here. Maybe she understands. But when I learned that somebody clicked the wrong thing, are y'all gonna blame it on her that she clicked the wrong thing? Right. Right. That's where we have problems with trusting our system, our healthcare system. Because you go admit to right. me that somebody clicked the wrong button, and I'm getting false information. Now we ain't called. This is the first I've heard about your fifteen thousand dollar colonoscopy bill. Did you get that thing taken care of? Yeah, we uh, we are. Girl, it's just a, it's just a mess with the insurance and all you paying, and then they still trying to charge you. I'm like, no, we got the same insurance through the same company that I had ten years ago. We paying more for it, but we got it, so mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to pay that. You know, One and of the so things they was like, when I spoke with my brother, you know, I got my little lawyer on speed dial. You know, I call my lawyer the heartbeat. I was like, oh, let me tell you what happened to me. <laughs> I'm fussing, I'm bad, I'm complaining. She's telling me what to do and all this other stuff. But the thing is um, is, is this, and one of the things she asked me is, because we got to pay attention to what our deductible is, what is our out-of-pocket expense. So I'm thinking if I'm going to the same place and they do everything for me, how is this an issue? This don't make no sense. If I didn't get no bill high in February, why are you giving me, you gave me a double biopsy in February, and then you give me one on the 7 o'clock position, but then you send me a 5000 almost $6,000 bill. That makes absolutely no sense to me. No. So, and they tell me I'm negative. You might as well tell me I had cancer if you go give me that bill. I would have made more sense to me. So then you can tell me, oops, we made a mistake. You ain't give me a bill, hit me upside my head. Really? <laughs> You ain't got it, but here's your bill. You don't get the hell out of here. I know my cousin's already be telling me, I came with you. I just came. I can't talk to you, girl. And she took me into the bathroom. So I want to say, because that was for Chusa, I want to say, oh, it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So they are 30, 36, 37. So she had to be 26, 27 at the time. Mm-hmm. And she took me in the bathroom and she said, Auntie, feel this. And it was just like my sister. Her breath had doubled in size. Mm-hmm. It was just a huge thing in it, and I'm not. And I, when I touched it, I recoiled because I, I just knew it was cancer. You know what I mean? It's like how could you not know that? So anyway, she um, I I said, "Have you scheduled the doctor's appointment?" She was like, "I'm going for a bi. I'm going for um a biopsy." Um, she said. Um, I, I wanted, I said, oh, you need to get a mammogram. That's why I said, you need to get a mammogram. So she was like, they won't give me one, auntie. They won't give me They said, I'm too young. I was like, girl, you need to find out what that is. They're giving me a biopsy. No, they need to give you a mammogram so they can see how big it is, where it is, 
Because if it's already attached to your chest bone, your mm-hmm. chest plate, you're already in trouble. You know what I mean? Because now it can get all in your bloodstream and stuff like that, and you're in trouble. So when they catch it in the fatty tissues and stuff like that, it's more treatable. No matter how big it is, it's just more treatable if they catch it in the fatty tissue. But once it is attached to that chest plate, mm, no, no. So anyway, she was saying that they wouldn't give her the mammogram, but they was going to give her a biopsy to see what it was because it was hard. They're telling her that it's probably a calcium buildup because she's too young to have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, telling all these other things that it could be because she's too young to have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I asked her then about her family history, and no one in her family had had breast cancer before that she knew of, what she said, that she knew of. So... You know, and then it came back to be cancer. And that girl had to get her, at 27 years old, had to get her breast taken off. That's a lot. I'm still at 18 now. One of the young ladies that I know, she said, at the oncologist doctor with my mom, and I'm not sure how to feel at this point. And a lot of times individuals, we get we have complex emotions as it relates things of this nature because it is a lot. It is definitely, definitely a lot. It's a lot, but you still Mm -hmm. have to, what I say is defend yourself against these killers. Mm -hmm. It's just as somebody ran up behind you and put a gun to your head. What you going to do? You going to defend yourself. I know, I know. If there's a chance. For you to be robbed, you don't go into that area. You try to stay away from there. And when you, if you have to go in there, you're looking around, you wear your surroundings. It's the same with your body. If there's something in there that you know ain't supposed to be in there, if you feel it some type of way, if you feel your breath and feel a lump in it and you're 26 years old, you're not supposed to be feeling, you know. But she ignored it because, oh, I can't have cancer. I'm only 25. I'm only 26. You know what I'm saying? But if you feel something different in your body, I don't care where it is. If your toe feel different. Girl, y'all, I told you wrong last night. I said, come on, you ain't got foot cancer. You ain't got enough cancer in your foot. I'm like, we watching the show and he got cancer in his knee. Maybe it's in my foot because then it went from one foot to the other foot to the, oh, my foot is killing me around my ankles and just, oh, my God. Once it get in your body and bloodstream, it can go anywhere. Why is it getting your blood system? Mama had it in her legs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So it didn't I, want to tell like, nobody. Mm, like I said, my appointment is for November the 3rd. My foot is, ooh. Like I said, it went from one foot to the other foot. First foot, my left foot, and now my oh, right you foot. Got to be careful. Like I said, when things are feeling good, I don't care. Let them call you a hypochondriac. You paying for medical insurance, you go in there and get that stuff checked out. Mm-hmm. You go in and get there's, there's no reason, you know, for us to not go and get it checked out. I said if I ever come right. to some money, that's what I I would pay for women to be able to go get free mammograms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the thing because is there are some organizations that do offer free mammograms, and we just got to, you know, go online and like I said, my sister, my friend, is one of them because she was telling me even about the bill that I got, and she was like, Jeanette, if you can't handle it, let me know. You know, there are things, there's places, there's organizations. So we can't be afraid anymore, and we can't operate in fear because I know that was Jean's biggest issue with money. And I feel like if you've got insurance, why is money a big issue? But sometimes it's the money because people got to take off from work. Sometimes people yeah. may need the help. Um, Sean posted something about my ankles have been bothering me a lot lately. As well. I mean, Sean, my ankles is, oof. I've been exercising. I've been, my feet feel like it's just burning. Like I just got sharp pain, needles just sticking me in my foot. So, yeah, but we do got to take care of ourselves. We we really, we really got to take care of ourselves. Now, I wanted yeah. to speak on, Auntie, some of the things that, you know, because People keep saying exercise, exercise, exercise. What's this about this exercise? 
It looks like people are still having to see what they feet. I got another one that said, Linda says, I have a doctor's appointment in a few days because my feet are burning like fire. I don't understand what it is. I don't either, Linda. I don't know what it is with the feet now. It's something going on with our feet that is just out of control. I can't even stand nobody that touches my, the skin of my foot. It just hurts. Mm-hmm. Even just a rub. Don't even so mm-hmm. I guess you used to rub them feet when you were a kid. You might have damaged some nerves, and now that's stuff coming back to you. I told you all that when I was a kid. I used to rub my feet together and cry. I just rub my feet together. And rub so I, your I, I, feet I, together. I know. It's just like I said, I can't even sleep, but I know I can't either. I elevate them. I do all kinds of stuff. I'm to try so many creams and ointments and just, ooh, Lord, it's just, I ice them, and I put heat on it. I I'm trying all kinds of stuff for my feet. And people don't exercise. How you going to exercise when you don't even feel it? You can't even walk. You can't even feel your feet. You can't even touch the ground. Even. I said, can you build me a bedpan? He said, why? Because I got to pee Exercise is for um, circulation, circulation, because a lot of people be having pain because of poor circulation, you know, not getting enough oxygen because they're not breathing right and, you know, that can cause you to have pain in your body. So you got to have circulation. See, I walk so much at work. Everybody better not tell me nothing about no exercise. <laughs> you know, Auntie, I have a question. When we talk about, when we talk about um, breast cancer, and I want to talk about African-American mm-hmm. women, and mm-hmm. because we have a different gene, and a lot of individuals are not aware of that. So... Let's speak a little bit about being African-American woman and being diagnosed with breast cancer and the disparity that some individuals go through. Um, well, you know, the main thing with us is that we are not taken serious when it comes to our health. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but they feel like we can endure the pain so you know, I don't I don't know what that's about, but I've seen it too many times where even myself going to the doctor and telling the doctor, um, oh, this hurt and this hurt, and all he want to do is give me medication. Well, I want to know yeah. why it hurts. So mm-hmm. I think that we've been so invisible to people for so long, now that um, – young African-American girls or women, young women are speaking up and Mm -hmm. um, are voicing themselves more. I don't think they know how to handle that because they never had to. Correct. And you know, and that is is true because I was getting offended when I went to go see my um, rheumatologist and she gave me some pills and told me to take seven pills in one day. That sounded like an overdose to me. And then when the pain go, and then they put me on prednisone, and I know prednisone make African American women gain weight. I started losing weight, but then she told me to increase the pills from seven to nine. How many pills you gonna make me take? And then I'm taking all these vitamins, and everybody, if you lose weight, if you do this, all that pain to go away. I don't know about all that, but um, the pain is ridiculous. And you're right, if people do something or. But that's what I'm saying about um, being invisible. The people giving you these, if you lose weight, if you do this, if you do that, mm-hmm. if, tell me what the cause of the pain is. If the cause mm-hmm. of the pain is because it's too much weight on my feet, then, okay, then we'll talk about losing weight. But if that's not mm-hmm. the cause of the pain and you just guessing, that's no, you, you need to find it's out like, the cause of that. the pain. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean wrote, I don't believe that if you if you get to lose weight and gain weight analogy is just something the doctor tells you. Yeah, they do, because they think that everybody's supposed to be thin like them. We are not all built like that. I tell individuals, even with not me, I, I love to have food around me, but I don't eat a lot. Girl, yesterday was a not at all. You know how you know how thin I was. You know how thin I was out of high school. You know how thin mm-hmm. I was. When mm-hmm. I went to the military, I was put on a diet the whole time I was in boot camp. You know mm-hmm. how thin I was. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't even weigh 150 pounds when I went into the military. But I was put on a diet because by their standard, I was overweight. Mm-hmm. At 5'9", mm-hmm. and like 149 pounds, I was overweight. Well, you know my thing was that when a doctor called me grossly obese, I said, your mama. I said, I may be obese, but I ain't grossly. <laughs> Yeah, that doctor did not get along. Oh, yeah. I know it's in my file. They do not want to talk to me. Because <laughs> well, they don't know how. But good they thing, don't know how. And I think it's guys, such a nice, we're having more African-American doctors, more African-American nurses, you know, more people of color in the medical field now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I I'm looking look at them up. I look it talks about African-American women okay. and breast cancer, that African-American women have a 31% of breast cancer mortality rate and the highest of the U.S. racial and ethnic group amongst women younger than 45. Now, that's one of the things that when we start talking about our mortality, even when we start talking about childbirth and all that other stuff, and that was talking about just even globally. It says in the U.S., my dog is so spoiled, if she don't shut up, <laughs> My dog just refused to believe she's supposed to be outside. She wants to come in the house and run things, and girl, we'll be trying to figure out who's knowing me or her. She get, ooh, she get on nerves. Okay. So it says a woman's life, and it says a U.S. woman's lifetime risk of breast cancer is one in eight. Now, breast cancer has the highest mortality of any cancer in women between the ages of 20 and 59. African-American women, again, have at least 31% breast cancer mortality rate, the highest of any U.S. medical of ethnic group. Amongst women younger than 45, breast cancer incidence is higher amongst African Americans than white women, and younger women in general and younger African American women in particular are more likely to present with the what they call the triple negative subtype of the disease, a subtype that is both more aggressive and associated with a higher mortality. My mother called it the HER2 new gene, so now they call it a triple something. Over the past 20 years, despite the universal drop of the mortality rate, we have seen a rise in incidence of breast cancer in African-American women, in particular disparities between mortality rates for white and black women have grown significantly. Now, the mortality rate for women diagnosed with breast cancer is 42% than the comparable rate for white women. The negative, the triple negative cancer is diagnosed more often in African-American women descent than those of European descent in the United States. You know, and it says products to watch out for. These products are often marketed to black women yet contain some of the most worrisome ingredients in cosmetic because cosmetic, until you know, is a billion-dollar industry. But when they talk about oh, yeah. skin lighteners, we need to be careful with that. Hair relaxers, Brazilian blowout treatments, and the acrylic nails. Those are some of the things that can cause cancer in women. And we don't really. Yeah. Now, I haven't had a perm in my hair in so long, it's ridiculous. I remember the last time I tried to get a perm, my beautician, and I was hoping she would have called in, but she's from Compton. She told me she will not put a perm in my hair. She said, your hair is too soft and too pretty. If I put any type of chemicals in my hair, it will all fall out. I can't even dye my hair. But whatever gray I got, it got to stay. It, God, I need to pull it out. Cause it ain't, I, can't, I can't use dyes. I can't use perms. I can't use any of that stuff in my, on me. Now, the skin bleachers, I had a blackhead that was driving me crazy. I was trying to put that stuff on there. <laughs> I was determined. Every time I kept trying to squeeze that bump on, I kept bruising my skin. So, Auntie, what is your take on that? Because it seems like even with the the things that they're talking about, you know, this is um, six safe cosmetic tips for women because, you know, we can be very vain. We want to be cute. We want to do all these other things. It says, if right. toxic hair products go natural, bring your own safer neutralizing shampoo to the salon. Avoid some of the stuff that's in it. Avoid nail polishes and include toxic trio. Reduce the use of products that have added fragrances and read the labels closely. When um, you know when you're buying things and you use 
things because sometimes we think we can trust certain things, and we can't. Some of that stuff is out to kill us. I remember when your sister said, and I thought she was playing, she said, I know how I got cancer. I said, how? She said, shopping at the 99-cent store. I was like, really? Really, mother? Really? But when I started looking at some labels on tea and them preservatives and all the stuff she used to eat, ham and telling us that freaking canned ham with ham, that ain't no ham, that's ham in a can, you know, I'll be telling that? people that. Hmm? I'll be What'd telling people that those canned ham nothing but spam ham. No, I didn't say the spam ham ain't nothing. No, I didn't say that. I said the canned ham. Gene had us believing that the canned ham was ham. I don't eat spam. I don't eat spam. I don't we had a little kitty taking a little ham, not realizing that the reason why we were getting it was because it was cheaper to eat than to go buy a ham. Yep. So I figured yep. it out when I became an adult. But prior to that, that stuff made some good old sandwiches in the morning. But you know we was eating canned ham for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I ate the ham getting the can. Yep. I couldn't figure that part out. And I, when I figured uh, it out, hey. I'm, Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You know, and it's I crazy. Don't know how, hmm? I don't know how that hand got in that can. <laughs> to this I day, eat. I still don't know. It's it tough well. for me to know because I do not eat canned ham. <laughs> so, when I was dead. It made sense because that was the kind of stuff she was feeding us. I just wasn't not going to eat it. I To this day, I ain't never ate no cup of noodle soup. <laughs> ain't no cup of noodles. Oh, but that's face man food. I'm not eating. Mm-mm. But I was always concerned, but then yet, my body still started having all this inflammation and arthritis and your joints and, your, you know, all that other stuff. So, Auntie, if you could speak to, because we're running out of time now, but if you could speak to someone that just recently got a diagnosis or was just told that they may be have um, stage one, because, you know, your sister was stage four and didn't even know she was stage four. And then when I told her, she said, if I look this little stage four, I can't wait to get to stage five. And when I had to tell her that there was no stage five, she had me and Pee Wee at Inglewood Park Cemetery make a funeral arrangement. So what would you say to a person that has just been diagnosed? This will not kill you. I like that. If you you immediately start treatment, especially in stage one, because that's what I had, stage one, take the breath and give me another one, and no chemo, no radiation. Mm -hmm. If you get to the point where um, you have to have chemo and radiation, it's still, it's still, that's still not a death threat. You just have to be very strong to go through that because that well, alone also, can kill you. I will also say explore your options. Don't operate in fear. Oh, yeah. Utilize the resources that are available. And, you know, there's organizations like the American Cancer Association. You know, there's a my yeah. sister, my friend, there's, I always call it the wrong name, whether it's the Susan B. Coleman. You know, there's a lot of organizations. Susan G. Susan G. Coleman. I always say it wrong. Every year I say it wrong. But there are organizations <laughs> out there to help educate, to provide resources, support groups, to address these um, their concerns. And, you know, sometimes you can get a second opinion. You really can't. Always get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Always Even- get a second opinion. Always. Correct, correct. All right, let's see, this dog is just still barking. And um, and if you're dealing with relationship issues as a result of this, you know, you got to take care of yourself. But you got to remember you first, you first. Maybe that person may not understand. Maybe that person may have some other childhood issues that they're dealing with. It could be a lot of different things. But don't give up on you. That person is afraid they and you know what they have resources for your support, too. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, that is true. Yeah. That, that is true. Yeah. 
That is true. And if you have, and if you are, you know, grieving the, the death, the loss of a loved one, you know, I tell individuals, I this is my way of, of remembering my mother, is by talking about it. I know Angel had posted something on your post when you were posting about Mama and Jean's birthday, and she was like, I don't like to talk about it. But if you don't talk about right. it, it eats you up. This is my healing process. This yeah, it will heal. eat you up. Mm-hmm. It will. This but no, I don't like talking about them. You know, I just be all in my feelings on that day. I take that one day to be all in my feelings, but the rest of the year, I'm laughing about them. I'm talking about them like I do with you. We, you know, mm-hmm. something always come up where we have to remember something Mama and Jean, her Jean did or said. But, but so always, they're still always. They're still living because I still live by them. Mm-hmm. Sean, basically, she posted oh. on Facebook, thank you for this topic. Hopefully you can do a part two so we can have even more information. You know what, Sean, I will, because when we start talking about health, mental health, physical health, you know, I need to do one about menopause because I'm learning a lot about menopause because many of us are in our 50s about to transition into our 60s, and we don't know what the hell be going on. We just woke up looking like this. I don't know what happened. Oh. I got that too. I done been through that. I'm done. Thank you. You know what? I ain't having no hot flashes or none of that, but I'm learning that some of the the symptoms of menopause can mimic the symptoms of arthritis. So we don't know what's what. Right. So part of it is taking And having someone to talk. A lot of stuff, menopause is mimicked through a lot of stuff, Jeanette. A lot of Mm -hmm. stuff women think they have. And don't because they're going through the um, the change. You know, I so started at thirty-nine. Was back in the, so. when they were thirty-six, thirty-seven, having kids. We used to say you going through the change. It went in your fifties. So now we in our fifties, almost in our sixties. This is some BS. This is crazy. So when you waking up in the yeah, morning, don't I, even have your feet touch the floor. Don't know where the bathroom is. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started that at thirty-nine. At the age of 39, I started going through perimenopausal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. That needs to be a topic within oh. itself. Now, tomorrow, because October is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So tomorrow oh, I'm going to be talking about domestic violence and providing some information because we don't realize that not only does domestic violence affect women, it affects men, it affects children that witness domestic violence and the oh. community. And it is one of those things that also is kind of taboo that people don't like talking about. But we need to do better because, you know, I was watching on the Internet the other day. They had two brothers kill each other. That's domestic violence. It doesn't have to be intimate partner relationship. It could be, you know, related by blood. It could be by related by marriage. It could be siblings. It could be mother, daughter, father. We got to do better because this world is getting out of control and what makes it domestic is the relationship. And the violence is physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, financial abuse. And we always look at the physical aspect. We don't realize that words are powerful. And some individuals are emotionally broken as a result of being in a toxic, unhealthy, violent relationship. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. So if your auntie, auntie if you're available, call in because I want to hear your thoughts on that too. But, again, I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until then, remember, you got this. And if there's any other topics you want me to discuss, I've got to do better with my time management. I really do. Because my Facebook thing, Auntie, is still loading where I haven't even – it's still saying – wait a minute. <laughs> it's still saying finishing up on Facebook. I clicked so much, I messed around and had to put a whole new password in and everything else. This thing still ain't finished. And I did the whole show. No, so you I, lied. I you. You lied. I know I'm live on Facebook, but what happened was I was doing a reel. I put it on a reel, and I need to call you because oh. Facebook is sending me things, asking me for additional information to send me a check. I don't know if they're going to send me a check or clean out my bank account. I ain't got no money in there, but still. But apparently the reels are doing something, and people are contacting and all this other stuff. So i got to figure that stuff out. Are you Getting paid because you uh, influencer, yeah, internet influencer. Be. That's what they say, but I kind of like uh, didn't give my information. 
They pay you. You know what? You start, you um, tell them to just put it on um, Facebook page. On Facebook who? Tell them the cash app it to you and put it in the cash app account. I didn't know that. Okay. You see, that's why I've been needing to talk to you because I don't know this stuff. So, yeah, they've been contacting me about some, some stuff. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, like I said, they want you to do this for now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right, love you. Talk to you later. And, again, if you have any topics you want me to discuss, give me a call. My office number is 714-992-1677. Or you can email me at jabnylmft at gmail.com or preciouspredicaments at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Enjoy the rest of your day.